everybody. Welcome to the rest of the review. This week we're talking about Sherry Martel. Dylan Gott was just in Cuba where he's surrounded by a lot of people that would call Sherry Martel offensive words. Dylan, welcome to the program. Cuba was absolutely fantastic. For those of you who don't know, The Wrestler Review is a weekly show hosted by Dylan Gott, the guy speaking, John Hastings, the awful-voiced man you just heard, and we talk about the life and career of a particular professional wrestler colored with facts, observations, and, of course, talking about cum. Oh, there's a lot more cum than would be reasonable for a, a bad podcast. Luckily, we're a really good podcast, so we have just the right amount of cum to make you think um um ooh i want this show i want this show to make me pregnant with joy <laughs> the uh a lot of people do listen to podcasts while they're doing chores and i don't know apparently it's a thing i've gotten this feedback from a lot of our listeners that they listen to it without headphones and let me say if you could have an alternate name for this podcast it would be listen to this with headphones on i mean Respect anyone who that's crazy to me yeah but i've met also by the way some of the people who are listening to the rest of you came and saw my show at soho theater thank you so much for coming let me throw this out there whoa um both c-u-m and c-o-m spellings um let me throw this out there our fan base does not have the kind of jobs that you will get fired from (laughs) Very specific IT guys. Hello. <laughs> we could fire Neil, but we don't exactly know what he knows. We have to keep him. <laughs> That's not true. I've met people that are very accomplished who listen to this show. Architects and doctors and I'm such. I'm not saying that they're not accomplished. All I'm saying is they they occupy a certain role in all jobs basically if you like the podcast come boys and then you like wrestling you're in heaven baby to take out your dick cuba was fantastic it was like what wrestling oddly it's like what wrestling has been missing is what i saw in cuba which is just like low middle class white people with profane novelty shirts fucking screaming at the night how many people in cuba do you think look at condoms and be like ha 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 and then look at their kids and go <laughs> i don't know why i got <laughs> i think that the, we're of course seeing uh, so if you go to cuba um we actually have mostly american listeners so if you go to cuba you're gonna find if you're going to cuba and you don't know what a canadian redneck is it'll be a crash course which is they are lovely lovely people and you think what a gentleman that person was and then you walk away and they're wearing a shirt that says, my dick, me, your ass. And then it just says Harley Davidson on the front or something. Like Canada has got this reputation for being polite because most people don't go where actual Canadians are. But actual Canadians are doing this. Like you're drinking water and someone knocks the water out of your hand and goes, I didn't know that you were gay. And you're like, I didn't even know that that was a stereotype <laughs> of gay people. That is true, that though. They would drink water. And it's like, yeah. Dylan and I both have a complex about dressing nicely. And it's because we were raised in a country that if you dress nicely, someone would possibly physically attack you. Yeah. Your, your diet has to be bad, but you also still have to be thin. That's another thing. 
You have to be eating. You cannot. You have to have a burger and fries with a beer, but have a job that is so labor intensive that you can subsist off that three times a day. Hundred. It's just a. It's an awful place filled with really interesting scumbag. <laughs> What a wonderful time. No, I guess to wrap up the uh, Cuba portion and get to the Sherry Martel, I told us John off the air, but uh, a nice man told me and my wife about how his uh, he was going to go on this vacation with his father, but his father's dementia had progressed too much in the past six months. So he had to um, he couldn't take his father and he had to have the, the ticket switch. So um, he also said that. In Cuba, since it's a communist country, they have one-size-fits-all bras, so he brings, uh, literally pays, his own money, he pays an extra carry-on, um, sorry, an extra checked bag he pays for that is just bras and, like, you know, shaving stuff and stuff for people, and he brings that and basically just drops it off at the lobby for all the people that work there and their families and stuff, and then we were like, oh, what a nice man, and then as he walked away, he was wearing a shirt that said, Alexa, give me a blowjob, <laughs> and it was self-made. It was a cutoff shirt. It was self-made. There's no way he paid for that. <laughs> he went with. He bought a tank top that made his fucking guns look nice, and then he was like, "Here's what I want you to write on this." And he's from Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. Of course he is, mate. So, so they were like, "You don't want to just buy one of the existing ones?" And they was like, "No, I just want the word blowjob. I don't want it to show blowjobs." <laughs> I don't want it to be Calvin blowing hobs or whatever. I guarantee what he said was, I want people to know I'm creative. And then he yelled the N-word at a dog. <laughs> That's for sure what he, he also did. was lying about the donations. The reason why you bring an extra carry-on with all that stuff is that in Cuba, if you want to bribe people, oh, they'll give you that's shit. how you bribe people. You, don't, you, you can't bribe them yeah. with money because the government can check that. But if you bring like soap toothbrushes, bras, you're getting some extra action. And from the sounds of it, that guy probably needed some assistance because it was like, sir, could you please stop jacking off in the dining hall? Uh, could you stop making cakes that look like tits? <laughs> He's a good man, that guy. He was a good, good Speaking man. Of people that definitely had to watch people jack off when they didn't want that to happen. Sharon Martell is our subject this week. Sharon Martell... It was a harrowing read going through the research on her provided to us by the beautiful Hobson. Hobson, we speak your name. You're out there. Everyone, say a prayer. Without him, this show would just be me and Dylan going, Sherry Martell was born into Harlem, and then she joined Harlem Heat, and her boyfriend was Colonel Robert Parker. Um, Sherry Martell was... <laughs> her real-life boyfriend, wrestling's real. Should we do a? Do you want to do another one where we just think wrestling's real? Just call. Just call it wrestling. Uh, wrestling truth. No, that's a shitty name. Call it what people like. I mean, I think it's. I think it's real. You think wrestling's real? And then Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar, making him the number one contender for the UFC title. Everybody <laughs> knows that what happened was is Dean Ambrose gave Roman Reigns leukemia so that he could destroy the Shield. Because <laughs> he's, <laughs> they do, <laughs> they did a video. I mean, I could make wrestling so much more tasteless than oh. like wrestling bloggers think it oh. should be. Dean Ambrose, it just shows him stabbing Roman Reigns with a leukemia needle. That's how Raw opens. Like, can you believe that son of a bitch? You'd have to get Jr. back. That son of a bitch gave her leukemia. Couple of things. <laughs> Jezebel, Dean Ambrose. 
Renee, Renee Young, no wonder it smells like bleach in the broadcast area. You're probably covered in cum because of that leukemia spread, son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> you, how are you going to date a Jezebel like that? You're a Jezebel. Everyone's a Jezebel. I only remember Stone Cold's name yeah. now. <laughs> oh, no. JR with dementia would be awful. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me tell you something about my dead wife. I still come in the place where she died. Goodness Oh, I'll say this. I said it before. Say it again. Listen to the lead episode we did. And then after that, after you hear me talk about JR interviewing Lita, listen to the Lita interview with JR. It's literally Lita being like, yeah, I never really did the moonsault, but I honestly think it was so impactful because I was so out of control because that was part of my character that it almost worked. And then JR will be like, man, sometimes I could see your butt. Yeah. Where you poop out of makes my dinging go boing boing. Lady, your turd cutter makes me get out of bed. <laughs> Three reasons to get out of bed. Oklahoma Oklahoma football. Oklahoma Sooners football. Masturbate to you. Masturbate to you. Those are two reasons. Time for your turd cutter. Um, speaking of turd cutters, uh, Sherry Martell broke in in Louisiana at the age of 21. She met... Um, Grizzly Smith. 21. Oh, and by the way, not Grizzly Smith. Grizzly Smith, he's one of the worst human beings in wrestling, which puts him in direct competition for one of the worst human beings on the planet. <laughs> he's one of the worst. He's a pedophile rapist. <laughs> That's a real thing. He's a uh, first thing he is. First way to describe him, I would say pedophile. And he was a pedophile only slightly more than he yeah, was a rapist. He's a pedophile rapist that also for some reason was de- is defended by Jim Cornette. Like Jim Cornette who'll be like, let me tell you about Donald Trump. He's a piece of shit. And then he's like, nah, Grizz. Oh, sure, Grizz wouldn't wait for there to be lo- a grass on the lawn before he had a barbecue. But how could you fucking blame him? Man was hungry. <laughs> yeah, she came to him when, he was, when she was 16 and he asked uh, to see her ID, and then when he got handed the ID, he was disappointed because Grizzly Smith don't dig on women that are old enough to have ID. Nom, 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 yeah, nom, Grizzly nom, Smith nom. wants to ask a lady, do you have ID? And they go, like, can I draw it for you? And then he just smiles and starts reaching for what he calls candy and what everyone else would call the wound <laughs> next to his dick. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm very sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Jim Cornette's a real... I mean, we shouldn't say Jim Cornette. There's people like this where it's like, yeah, that guy's a piece of shit. Oh, that thing was a part of my childhood. It can't be bad. Yeah. Like, guaranteed Jim Cornette is like, hates Donald Trump or whatever. And then he and then he puts on a nice, he puts on a nice uh, Jerry Lee Lewis song. <laughs> has, a, has a good evening. I you know what I mean? Part of it. Part of- a Jerry Lee Lewis song, a Grizzly Smith wrestling, I don't know, Paul Bernardo <laughs> match. <laughs> He just has a great night. Yeah. And in this corner, Grizzly Smith. And in the other corner, people telling truths about Grizzly Smith. Um. <laughs> I'll tell you this right now. I don't give a shit what he did. Ted Bundy, wonderful wrestler. Yeah. Let me ask this about Ted Bundy. Does anybody ever, of course, grab some by the dick and then get flipped? No, he keeps caving. <laughs> <laughs> At least he fucking get caving, not like Kenny fucking Omega. Keep it. I Ladies just and gentlemen, this right now, uh, yeah, that's say it right now. That's the funniest thing you've ever said is that Jim Cornette respects uh, noted pedophile rapist Grizzly Smith more than a man who does some flips. Yeah, man. 
he cares about like if I stabbed his wife, but then I was like, hey, wrestling's real, right? He'd be like, gotta respect him. <laughs> he's keeping kayfabe. Even while he's murdering the thing I love the most. I'm 50-50 on him. Kenny Omega, he's trying to save my wife, but wrestling a doll. Nope. Stop saving my wife. Get your fucking non-kayfabe hands off my wife, even though you can save her. I mean, all of that. Is- all right. Um, so she breaks into the wrestling business in Louisiana, which... Uh, oh, no, she... Who's she, she trained, trained by? by? The Fabulous Moolah, which is the second moment of fear when you start reading about... Um, sensational Sherry, because you're like, there is no way that this ends well. There are a lot of unconfirmed reports about um, Fabulous Moolah being a giant pimp and getting people to fuck her lady wrestlers for money that, that she kept and then didn't give to them. So, um, cool. Uh, sensational Sherry never spoke about it in the research, which I found was interesting, prepared by the lovely and talented Christopher Hobson. Um, what I found was interesting is that her family was also like, we. her family was like, oh, we don't really comment on this. And it's like, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, no, Sherry did some, Sherry was forced to do some terrible things. As soon as they're like, as soon as I you read something like, oh, the family didn't comment, you're like, oh, no. That may have been respect. That may have been a lot of things. The thing she said the thing she said in the interview uh, we listened to here was uh, that her and the moolah didn't see eye to eye. And I assume that was moolah going, have sex with that guy. And Sherry saying, no, no, no. And then moolah saying, well, then take these to dull what you're seeing. <laughs> and that's how uh, Sherry died <laughs> almost 30 years later. It's probably what happened. She just like, because by all the interviews, sensational Sherry seems like a very like not a very but like as far as wrestling goes uh she seems like she's one of the best people on earth yeah she's just an understanding good best the best the best who's for sure also hiding crimes oh yeah of course she's definitely stabbed a few people probably grizzly smith in the dicks to stop him from like (laughs) yeah i remember like oh um also sensational sherry when you read about her it's absolutely amazing psychology she how how little i remember her wrestling and how fucking crazy scary she was like if you think much she's a small person in comparison to all the wrestlers that she managed and she basically got over with promos and look of like oh this fucking slut is going to rip off your dick she looked like um oh my god she looked like one of the bad guys from the care bears i mean what the fuck were the bad guys from the Care Bears called? Uh, the Mean Bears. The Mean Bears. I'm looking it up right now. Um, classic podcast. You just hear typing. <laughs> okay, there was no heart. Shrieky, beastly. Shrieky. Yeah, yeah. She does look like. Sh- kind of yeah, like Shrieky, I guess. Like mm-hmm. Also, there was a couple. There's a couple of. Um, couple of Care Bear villains that just come across as school shooters, such as Dark Heart and. Nicholas Cherrywood. <laughs> school. Oh, the scare. The Care Bears have to protect against those school shooters. <laughs> protect, us, protect us against Nicholas Cherrywood. He has undiagnosed Asperger's, which has turned him violent. Shh. Women won't fuck me, and that's 
their conspiracy yeah. problem. No, it's because you're a fucking don't have the game, bro. Alex Jones is right. I pay for a subscription, and in no way do I think that some of these lead pills are diminishing my ideas of thought. <laughs> if you drink too much soy milk, you'll become a woman. <laughs> <laughs> if the frogs aren't gay, then why won't the frogs fuck me? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so it's the 80s. Sensational Sherry is a smart person. She's also athletic. So that makes her literally a five-tool player in professional wrestling. So immediately she's in big-time wrestling. She wrestles in Japan in 1981. Um, Also by her own admission, this is one of the things I think that wrestling, you have to kind of divvy up uh, the types of wrestling 80s wrestlers that are party animals and good people versus party animals and bad people. And I think... Since it's 60-40 that they're bad people, a lot of people don't really realize that there were good people as well, such as Sherry Martell, who, you know, got into wrestling in her early 20s. It Basically, it's like, hey, all these fit people love blow and people buy us beers. Let's fucking party. And she immediately, of course, starts doing that, especially in Japan, where they literally set you up with someone who's like, hey, this weird guy is going to buy you everything while you're here. Like, you have a tour guide who also pays for everything is one of the things in Japan. So she goes fucking buck wild. She mentions several times (laughs) that she is a party animal and never dated anyone in wrestling because she's, like I said, extremely smart. Her and Kevin Nash share that, where she said uh, her and Nash would always talk about how they never had a partner within wrestling and how great that was because they never had to, like, break up and then be in a tag team with them. Like, you imagine living, like, people do that thing where they break up with someone and then are like, yeah, I got the couch for a couple months. It's cool. We're cool. <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out into the snow and with my boxers on so I can feel cold because that's all the feelings I have. As someone now. who has had a variety of relationships within his chosen workplace industry, uh, it's it's usually it's uh, most of the times it's actually not weird with the person. The real problem comes in with they start seeing someone new. And that's been a real fly in the old ointment, because usually it's they are not cool. Yeah, man. Oh, they're not, like, the person they uh, start seeing is not cool? I mean, yeah, of course. I sort of get it. Yeah. One one guy has not spoken to me in a decade. It's the best. By the way, that relationship, no longer going on. Still angry at me somehow. Best thing in the world. He has personality issues. Oh, baby, that's a nice mm. time. All right, let's just get into it. So Sherry Martell ends up uh, in the AWA after some time in Japan, uh, where she has a lot of interactions with Dylan's aforementioned bad partiers. Something happened with her and Scott Hall, which she still sort of holds a grudge about, but because she is a woman in wrestling in the 80s, it's definitely construed as her fault, her mistake, because God damn it, do I hate fucking wrestling sometimes. Um... She is a huge part of the AWA in its, in its sort of tail end golden age. Um, and now, um, and through that, she, you know, establishes herself as the person named Sherry Martel and eventually heads to the WWE where she becomes the, the subject of all of our fucking nightmares. Basically, that this is the beginning of her great fucking run where she comes in. She's the woman's champion. I never remember her wrestling. I don't think anyone does. Um, because she never did. They just gave her the belt in a fucking... 
She wrestled for a whole year, John, you big fucking bitch. Do you bitch. remember seeing any of those matches? No, of course not, but I was also two. <laughs> Here's what I remember from being two. A fucking flash in. Some chick had huge jugs and I liked them. Then I was five. I don't remember being two. Yeah, I don't remember being two. I remember thinking Sunday meant you had to stare at the sun. And I was like, that's fucking dumb. Why would anyone just stare at the My sun all Paul day? Harrison claims he remembers being one years old, but he doesn't. He just is. He's just an asshole and like saying things like that so that you can. That was a thing. That was a thing when, um, oh my God, in like the mid 2000s, there were people who were like, actually, I've done trans therapy and I can remember being. Oh, of course it was. You can remember before you had a brain, you stupid, small little bitch. Then you beat the shit out of those people. You just, you just yell cuck alert and don't stop swinging until you see daylight, baby. (laughs) Oh, oh. I came here to drop loads on you. You'll remember that. Who was who was the uh, who was the first person Jim Cornette managed? Um, oh, the Cherry Martel. <laughs> yeah, and he said her quote about Jim saying uh, Jim Cornette is saying he's a little kinky. Oh no, he's a oh no, which means that do you think Jim Cornette was like do you think they fucked do you think they fucked do you think they fucked I no I think that Jim Cornette tried to oh maybe they did and then Jim Cornette was like. Here's the thing, you fucking bitch. I've never been with a woman, but I know that I like being pegged. Why don't you yell at my dick? Um. <laughs> Tell me wrestling's real. Tell me wrestling's real. <laughs> yeah, they, oh. that's pretty much what it is. For sure, they. And that's the other thing. She was. So she was the first person uh, Jim Cornette managed, and that's a powerhouse team. And I think that female wrestlers now could use some fucking little weird male managers but the thing well, is they, they kind of had a one in fucking james ellsworth or whatever the fuck but they didn't that didn't work because i i don't know why yeah yeah i don't know why but it's also just cer- the certain presentation certain packaging i do think that they could definitely i think managers in general would be a great asset i think if you know sherry martell like also bringing back older lady wrestlers as managers would be a great idea but of course that's a great idea they also a the, here's the problem a lot of them are dead or a lot of them are like have the worst reputations in the world yeah that's true um yeah that's so weird and yeah like you can't plug in sunny as a manager now or it's like oh sunny didn't show up but that's the whole thing about um that's the whole thing about wrestlers from this time at least is that you need it sounds weird but it's like they all did so much blow and then that made them be like oh these all these wrestlers are so crazy. Why isn't anyone as crazy like in the 80s? It's like now because now they, you know, watch what they eat and do CrossFit, which is why you can enjoy someone like Alicia Fox for 11 years. And versus, you know, someone like Sherry Martel who did pills to go up or pills to go down and cocaine to come up. So she was a great performer, obviously aided by her natural talent. I'm not taking away anything no, from you that. Are. But, you know, chemical enhancements to be more nutso. And then you burn out super quick. Um, Booyah. Why did... No, she almost got out of... Uh, this is quickly, though, because uh, Jimmy Hart gets her back into uh, into the AWA um, because she takes two years off of wrestling, two complete years off, because she didn't know not to do a full bump in a battle royal. So this is it. If you're wondering why in the Royal Rumble... Fuck you, Vern Gagne. No, but if you're wondering in the Royal Rumble, why... Oh, why do they just do that thing where they... 
pull the guy over the rope and then hold both ropes while they pretend to push the guy out even though they're not trying. And then the only time anyone does bump is when a new guy comes in and then it's just hip tosses for everybody or their finishing move for everybody and then they reset. This is why, because Sherry Martel basically just tries to do a normal match in the middle of a mixed gender battle royal and Uncle Elmer falls on her leg and apparently she had to have a cast up to her hip for an entire year up until uh, she was out of the business and got back in through Jimmy Hart. She was a manager in the AWA, managing Larry Zabisco, working with the Midnight Rockers uh, for a bit. And she managed the original... Oh, fuck, who are they? Um, the original... God Beverly damn Brothers. It. That tag team, Smoky Mountain? Yeah, there you go. The Heavenly Bodies. The Heavenly Bodies. And then she leaves, goes to the WWF in the classic Vern Gagne thing where he's like, you can't fucking leave me. You got a contract. <laughs> and then she goes, Vern, that's a cracker you ate. And he went, you got me. Um, you got me, bitch. Wait a minute. You're telling me you don't, you sign contracts you can't eat? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it means. It means I be, make you a turkey sub. It's all mayonnaise and a little bit of turkey because I ain't giving you goddamn fucking meat. We both eat it. That means lifetime yeah, contract. Here's how it works. If you have made any money in your life, I get 35%. So we're going to talk about Sensational Sherry's run in the WWF and the WCW. Ooh, baby. And what I'm sure will be a 10-hour part two after the break. I've been, uh, I've been, sl- I've been putting a cup on my skin mound where my dick is so it actually makes my cock bigger that's the start of this ad oh let's go to patreon.com backslash wrestler review and donate and donate to us five dollars gets you exclusive access to our patreon feed and episodes ahead of time for 25 bucks you can select a wrestler to review one guy did buck Zumoff, who's a pedophile rapist, and we still reviewed him. God damn it, we have no allegiances. Go to Patreon to hear the Buck Zumoff episode, also known as the time where two friends are pushed to the fucking edge. <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate us on iTunes. Subscribe. Throw yourself out a fucking window. Who gives a shit? All right, so now Sherry Martell is in the WWE. Then the WWF. I think, for me, what really fucking kicked the door open for her, the thing I really remember is for no reason, she does a promo before Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage's match at um, WrestleMania Five, and basically just calls Miss Elizabeth a cuck. And (laughs) Yeah, baby. Managing uh, the Macho King Randy Savage. And... Yeah, and this sort of begins her sort of big, huge run of being this sort of angry heel lady manager to the bad guy. Um, Some great highlights of this are the mixed tag match between Macho King and uh, Miss Elizabeth, or Macho King and Sweet Sapphire um, versus uh, Macho King and uh, Queen, the sensational Queen Sherry, which I always thought was really fucking annoying to say. Other classic thing is at uh, the Royal Rumble 1991, she basically says, Ultimate Warrior, I'll suck your dick if you give the Macho Man Randy Savage a title shot. And he says, no. Because he's like, <laughs> no, I need those extra cum calories to keep my soul. 
But she comes into the WWF by winning the women's title off Fabulous Moolah, which literally every new wrestler did for most of mankind's time here yeah, on Earth. Most of the, like, keep in mind, most of the time the WWF was a thing, the Fabulous Moolah was the women's champion. And then she would just be like, hey, we're starting a women's division. This 20-year-old's going to beat this old woman. And this time they actually did try and have, they were working so many talents, it sounds fucked up to say, but at this time they only saw women's wrestling as like a thing to kind of bolster a card in a weird town so sherry's the champion for like a year and a bit until they try and give it to rocket robin and give another oh sorry rock and robin and give her another kick it at the can at having a women's division after the wendy richter thing blew up in their face but the wendy richter hang on hang on put your dick back in your pants the wendy richter thing didn't Ooh. blow up. Wendy Richter just wanted to be treated like a human being, and they were like, <laughs> wrong, and then just, bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. But that's what Vince, that was Vince's, I think that's very underplayed, and that was Vince's first big power play, where it was like, because Wendy Richter, they were trying to push Wendy Richter as the female Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no. I'm- like, they want. They very much wanted, like, that... Well, she was the other, she was the other half of the walk, rock and wrestling connection. Like, she was... She was exactly. actually managed by Cindy Lauper, and for some reason, Cindy Lauper's producer, Dave Wolf. Like, it's the weirdest. Yeah, but that was their whole thing. And then that, and then that Vince showing that power where he's like, all right, she's off TV and she won't matter. And who remembers? Like, does anyone remember Wendy Richter from that time? You know what I mean? Like, it was such a weird flash. I remember her as she's the she's like the she was the pro the prototype of the Montreal screw job. She got screwed over first. Yeah, but in a different way where it was yeah, like in a much meaner way, if anything. Yeah, because, you know, they if for those of you who don't know, Fabulous Mula goes into the ring as what was it, the spider? Or the black spider or something. The black widow. Dumb. Yeah, the black widow she comes in, it's supposed to be just a job match. She of course beats uh, beats down on old Wendy. And, yeah, gives her a bunch of forearm shivers before pinning her to the mat um, for a very quick three count. It's presented like, sometimes it's presented as like, when <laughs> the fabulous Moolah was Brock Lesnar and just murdered her. That was not the case. She just kind of worked her over a bit with some, like, classic wrestling moves, quick count. They get the title off of her. Bada bing, bada boom, my dick is in your poon. Bada bing, bada boom, my dick is in your poon. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm the only one who says creepy things before <laughs> sex, John. <laughs> Oh, I think that part got deleted. <laughs> we weren't recording that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there was a real weird ending to the first first part of this episode that... <laughs> they got cut off because my microphone, I think, was like, we can only take so much and commit our, suicide. Yeah, our, microphones, <laughs> our microphones decided to save our careers. Um, Dylan. <laughs> then what happens is the Macho King Randy Savage uh, decides, oh, I'm going to go back with Miss Elizabeth. Because I'm done having that scary sex and missionary position sounds like... Like, Sensational Sherry was the first... And the Macho King Randy Savage was the first manager-heel relationship that I remember being like, are they, are they like, dating? Like, it's weird I never thought of that with Elizabeth and the Macho Man, but, like, you see Sensational Sherry and the Macho Man, and you're like, oh, they're getting on each other. Yeah. Yeah, it fe- that's, that's the weird thing. It feels like... Uh- it really did feel like... <laughs> it's like, oh, no, he left the princess for the evil witch. Like, that's really what it was, and that's how it felt like. And then Sensational Sherry would always, was such a physical threat to Elizabeth, because it's like, here's this woman you've just seen beat the shit out of people for years in matches, versus a woman who one time fell off an apron and then was dead for a year. Yeah, yeah. This po- Yeah, and Miss Elizabeth's back. She, remember her? Yeah, sort of, yeah. 
Get ready to cry. She was like an actual glass doll, Miss Elizabeth was. That's how she was presented, where it's like, if anything happens to this woman, she explodes. Versus Sensational Sherry, who you'd seen, yeah, literally had fought people, had fought men, had done mixed gender matches in the past. Like, this is a good worker. And she's working a style where, like, she's had matches with Medusa. She, of course, went to Japan in 1981. Like, that is a different style of wrestling. And is very heralded for her great work in the ring, doing bumps on these crazy hard rings, and has developed a crazy pill habit because of it. So that's pretty lit. Oh yeah, she's fu- but yeah, the di- cool, bro. She just she presented danger to Elizabeth in a way that no one else really could because they weren't getting much into obviously until the Attitude Era, the man on woman interaction, like in that way. Yeah, and. By extension, Hogan caring about Elizabeth, now he has a vulnerability because usually no one, you know, you always kind of knew Hogan was going to win. Yeah, you knew, you always knew Hogan was going to win, but it's again, it's the, it, when wrestling is always the best is that, but you care about other things on the card besides the champion. And the whole dynamic of Macho Man Randy Savage being away from Elizabeth and then how they brought them back together was really fucking exciting. And it was really interesting. And it also put over Sherry yeah. amazingly because then they had Sherry beating the fuck out of Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, he just wrestled a really intense match, but it, he was still selling the shit out of those kicks. Like, it was an amazing sort of like, oh, man. Uh, and then Elizabeth kind of chased her off. It was very interesting. Yeah, it was great stuff. She was a, she was a great heel. And, of course, she does the match with... Uh, oh, I was going to say the match with Sapphire. So... Uh, Sensational Sherry does, uh, of course, teaming with the Macho Man against Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. For those of you who know, uh, Sapphire was this old woman that they got to be Dusty Rhodes' manager because Vince McMahon was like, put polka dots on him. The fat boy likes to dance. That's his new character. So that was the entire character of uh, Sapphire, and she couldn't really wrestle, and she had she was using the shampoo that would like get grease on all the dudes' clothes, and they were like, "We're gonna fix it if you don't fix it." So Sensational Sherry pulled a prank on her that was essentially like, "Stop using the shampoo," and then she defends herself in the interviews. Uh, I've heard <laughs> saying basically, "You think this was mean? They were gonna set her on fire and shoot her kids." <laughs> it's like the male wrestlers would have just been like. You use the shampoo we don't like. What's that feeling? That's because I got you addicted to opiates, you stupid bitch. Oh, of course. Yeah, it'd be like one of those things where it's like, uh, there's only one way to get revenge on this woman who ruined our trunks. Uh, Just politely ask her not to do it. Uh, No, I fucking killed her dad. (laughs) Why did you kill her dad? Like She could have just... We could... No, no, now she'll never forget. <laughs> so she starts, uh, of course, after this, managing Ted DiBiase and starts pa- starts preparing with Shawn Michaels. Go uh, for it. And yes, yeah, so it's, uh, it's managed with Ted DiBiase. It's very weird. It's the post Virgil times. They have no sexual chemistry chemistry whatsoever it's the weirdest thing in the world like how bad like it's like the sexual chemistry that you have with your wife really not there at all oh so they do crazy shit and it's wicked no they had sex one time and the woman said is that how you do it and the man said i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no this is bad No, 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 no. Mommy said don't touch there. Mommy said don't touch there. (laughs) 
You're touching my mommy places. <laughs> no. <laughs> you say that with Bananaka. Who's Monica? Bananaka. Who's Bananaka? I had the banana to the word Monica. Oh, you just are trying to not tell people my girlfriend's name? Yeah. Don't say my girlfriend's name, but yeah, Bananaka makes it so much worse. <laughs> you're, you're, of course, long-term girlfriend, Bananaka. Bananaka, banana. <laughs> Make me horny, Bananaka. Oh, Bananaka, you want to kiss my bum? Speaking of weird, uh, this is the weird thing about Shawn Michaels and Sensational Sherry when they're together is... And this came off perfectly on television was Sherry Martell was Shawn Michaels wrestling mommy. There was a story about Shawn having to go to a function for his first wife, uh, his first wife. And sensational Sherry was like, okay, just put on a tie. And Shawn Michaels was like, what's a tie? <laughs> Had to buy him a tie and teach him how to tie it. This, okay. And it's also, this is the interesting because you don't need a tie when you're doing blow with Marty Jannetty until whoever you're hanging out with passes yeah, keep out. Keep in mind, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels are still the only people I've ever seen that look actively hungover at WrestleMania. Do you understand how difficult that is? <laughs> to be able to say, like, oh, that's the only people I've ever seen that look actively hungover. And you're like, what? But still doing, like, a good job. And that is, the they, they put him in this singles care. People forget that Shawn Michaels needed the boost of Sensational Sherry because this is the first time he had basically played a character that wasn't like, you're young and you're excited about life. Yeah. And so, also, fun fact, who sang Shawn Michaels' theme song first? Sensational yeah, Sherry. really weird version because his, 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 his gimmick didn't start as the Heartbreak Kid. His gimmick started as sensational sherry's fuck doll which was so weird because it was like she's banging her son like that's how it came off it really came off it they really came off maternal on tv but the whole thing was it was supposed to be that this old woman is banging this they're guy. using no gnomes and they're getting it done um and then basically it's implied that he beat her up and then martin Janetti and him are going to feud over that even though they had a built-in feud which was yeah the breakup of the rockers. It's very fucking strange. And then he starts being managed by Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon keeps attacking Sensational Sherry, which leads to one of the many weird parts of WrestleMania 9, which is Luna Vachon just brutally attacking Sensational Sherry in a way that's like, I don't think she's faking. Um, yeah, the Luna. So before we get to the Luna and Sherry feud, I would like to say is that the reason. Just to clear up, the reason why they interject Sherry into the feud, the, um, um, Sean would have this full-length mirror he would check himself out in, and one time Sh uh, Marty Jannetty takes the mirror and goes to hit Sean with it, and she he, he pulls Sherry in front of the mirror, and Sherry gets hit with the mirror and is out for, like, forever. Now, the reason they did that is because, essentially, as we talked about in our Marty Jannetty episode, here's how Marty Jannetty's career goes post the Rockers. It's that, uh... Hey, this feud with Sean is really hot. And then Marty Jannetty's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go with these dudes who all told me their name is uh, Steve. And we're going to go do this uh, white stuff in the back of the desert for a while. And then he would show up six months later being like, I'm ready for WrestleMania. And they're like, it's August. And he's like, whoa, sorry. <laughs> and But they would still be like, all right, Marty's a good worker. This feud with Sean is awesome. And eventually that just morphed into Sean's going to win. And some, and the fucking, the fucked up message of that is when you're dealing with kids programming, I don't think it's that much now. 
but it certainly was then when you deal with kids program basically the message is like sometimes the people sometimes you can beat up your friend and hit a lady and you're just good enough and it works out <laughs> it's fucked up essentially what the message like i understand keeping a wrestling character strong but also if you're dealing if it's a children's program maybe don't meet the guy make the guy who implied hits the lady uh yeah. win. Oh, but the problem was is they were basically in a situation where it's like either the guy who hits the the lady in the fake storyline wins or the guy who <laughs> the guy who in 15 years is going to post about fucking his stepdaughter on Facebook wins. So we that's like, I was ahead of you on that one with a laugh and I'm buddy, I'm glad I was. That was like, very good. Either the fake abuser wins or the real yeah. abuser wins. Professional wrestling. <laughs> 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 if you were to describe professional wrestling, it's play fighting where two people who are abusers play fight. One of them is dressed as a chef. wrestling. Evil is real. Just pick your evil. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of party clowns who worked out too much. Professional wrestling. Yeah, welcome to wrestling. You're not going to be happy about anything you see. <laughs> so Sensational Sherry goes for a, a goes for a Gennetti jaunt, as we'll now call them on yeah, the program, yeah. and gets fired from the WWF. Here's the thing with Marty Jannetty that he always, this is my favorite thing about people that party really hard, is that they age in this different way. So, because they have no actual stress of real life, because it's just like, bills, <laughs> angel dust, they look really good for their age in a really bad way. Yeah, like everyone getting into wrestling looks like their age, and then they just turn 29 for 10 years, and then all of a sudden they're 60, and then they're yeah. dead. It's like the, like, that's Even, like if you think about this owen hart like father of two occasionally had one too many spring waters dead marty Jannetty, man who can't stop doing like he can't stop doing drugs that they won't tell you what drugs they are do you know what i mean like it's like, like yeah exactly you, know you are a fuck up uh yeah so sherry went on a Jannetty jaunt great term i feel like that's gonna be making some reappearances and she surfaces where everyone goes in wrestling in the 90s when you can't work at the wwe anymore time to work for wcw oh no there's three there hey there's three spells before that because she works the she works all the territories that are around in 1993 ECWA, she works the uswa because she was shane douglas's first head cheer, cheerleader and smoky yeah, mountain she goes to smoky mountain of course because jim Cornette's like ah you let me Listen up, you fucking cunt. Time for you to see the room in my house that's always locked, you cunt. <laughs> Thank you for showing me heaven so many years ago, Sherry. You changed my life. Mm, some people consider losing their virginity when you fuck someone, but it was when you fucked me with a gun barrel. <laughs> they probably kissed and Jim Cornette counts it as sex or something creepy like she that. She probably just was like, Jim, you're being an idiot and he couldn't stop coming for 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 yeah! <laughs> you fucking bitch! Uh, every time we go on these jobs, keep in mind that Brendan Burns, then when he occasionally listens to this show, then we'll be like, might be careful. Some of these people will listen to your show. If any wrestler is listening to this show, I mean everything I'm saying. Everything I say, I mean. Listen, some of the people that listen, most of the people that, not most of the people, but I will, a good portion of our, actually a good portion. Judging by Facebook interaction, because you have no idea who actually listens to the show, but judging by well, the shit we get on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, a lot of the people who listen to the show are starting out as pro wrestlers. 
And I'm assuming that this would be like if someone had a podcast about what being a comedian was like in the 80s, mm. where they're probably listening to this and be like, wow, can you imagine having enough money to do cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we actually are doing all right, because then Gypsy Joe's skeleton is brought in by a member of his family. He's like, he has to go in the ring. He, he owed someone in this town 50 bucks, and for some reason they got a weird law that the body still has to collect. <laughs> Like, if I was a wrestler or a comedian in the 80s, I think I would have just turned into a coke dealer for three years, where I would have just, they would have paid me in cocaine, and then I would have just driven to the nearest comedy club and then sold them well, that cocaine. The that no one talks <laughs> about the boom, like the boom times in anything, like, is that there's the guys who make it super big that are super famous, then there's the guys who, that are, were like, savings account, more like, coming account, and then there's the guys in the middle that are like, Time to buy a house and just be quiet about what happened. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more people. There's a lot of people like that in England doing comedy where it's like, how do you own a house? And they're like, 2002, yeah, baby. Of course. How do you own a house? Some of them own two houses. There was a guy who That's I was great. talking to someone about who's recently getting divorced. And he's like, oh, it's a bit annoying. The wife's on one floor. I'm on the other floor. The kids are in the middle floor. And I was like, I'm no longer taking anything you say seriously. You have a house with three distinct floors that three separate groups of people can live on. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, no more complaining. That's not a complaint. So WCW, Sherry She's Martell. comes in. She's managing Ric oh, Flair. It, it's amazing, Wonderful. by the way. She, uh, my favorite sensational Sherry moment ever, by the way, is during the Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan cage match for careers. Um, Sherry Martel just keeps trying to climb the cage and Hulk Hogan keeps having to hit the cage to knock her off. And you really see how good at bumping she is because she just falls off with fuck it. Like it looks brutal. And then she comes back and does it again. Oh, it's fucking awesome. Fucking great. This is the thing. This is the thing that contributes to her pill problem, though, is that she has something to prove. Ever since she's in wrestling, her whole thing is the reason why she wasn't treated, the reason why she wasn't treated as baby, like Baby Doll was, rather, like some of these other girls, I shouldn't name specific wrestlers, but like, like, because she mentions other girls in the business, is because she does the thing, which is she bumps hard enough to gain the respect of the male wrestlers, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy amount of punishment to put her body through, which is why the pills, which is why, which is why, which is why, which is why her life plays out the way, is because she's committed to wrestling, to being a great wrestler. Which, and she is. And she had, you know, it all worked out for her, and now she has a nice farm and it lives a good life. Oh, no. Oopsie doopsie. Um, what was I going... And then she's also, she's the one character in the 90s who they would push it, like, one with the warrior thing you were talking about with other stuff, where she'd be like, everyone else is just a person with a job, but this lady, she'll fuck ya. <laughs> Which must be so weird for her kids to watch. I guarantee it's because Vincent Rand was like, well, she's a whore, though. <laughs> so weird. So weird stuff. But, like, the, I guarantee... Like, I guarantee that's what the logic was. He was like, she's a, everyone else is a lady. She's a, because Vince McMahon also is weird sexually. Like, his obsession with white panties and, and sable. Yeah. Um, so you just know that, like, oh, it's just it's fucking gross. Oh, he's a weird, weird boy. This is the. Oh, I, by the way, oh, do you know how Todd Pengel got the job working for the WWF? No. Tell me. Uh, everyone sit down. So he, Tom Pengel was a DJ in New York. He was very funny. Did parody songs. Mr. Man was like, I want someone outside who can be funny as a commentator. I'll bring in Todd Pettengale 
Todd Pentagale goes and has the interview with Linda, and then Vince McMahon has him do the like sell me this bottle of water thing, and then he goes back to speaking to Linda. And then as he's about to leave, he has to go take a shit. So he's shitting in the bathroom. And then the other person in the other stall is having a really loud, smelly shit. And he says, hey, man, how, uh-huh. hey man, how about a courtesy flush? And that person is Vince McMahon, who laughs very, very hard at the idea that someone has to smell his shit and then hires him. <laughs> oh, That's good stuff. I like the hiring procedure. <laughs> smell my shit. I like that Vince McMahon likes shit jokes, and I don't like that so many people don't like that. Like, I feel like if we would have got on to the wrestling, like, if we would have got on as wrestling writers, we would write segments that everyone hates, but that we would be hired for years. Oh, yeah, because we, both of us would walk up and loudly fart near Vince McMahon, and we, ha ha! Go do that in Shane's. (laughs) Go do that in Shane's (laughs) hands. We would just, yeah, we would just fart and then waft it in someone's face and be like, that's good stuff. (laughs) You need a new Roman Reigns. You fat boys, get in there. (laughs) You soft men. (laughs) You're the new WWE Universal Champion. Can you imagine we walk in late to a meeting, everyone's super pissed off, and then we just point, I take a fucking huge ass vape. (laughs) I do a fucking sick ass vape and then everyone's like why are you late and then I just point at Vince McMahon and goes Natalia queefs and then he goes that's why I hired him <laughs> 100 G's a year take the rest of the year off she can't stop fucking queefing that's a new fucking character I put on I take off the sunglasses I'm wearing and put on whoever's closest to me's real glasses and leave the room <laughs> Just full on punch one of the writers that they got from like who writes for like um, Boy Meets World. They have a, lo- I wouldn't really. They have a lot of Boy Meets World writers. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, I beat up one of the writers who write who wrote for Young Sheldon, but got fired, and then uh, and then I leave. That's 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 my experience just, in WWE. I, I really think if we met Vince McMahon, the problem is we'd get along oh, well. Oh my god, I we'd be I would be living in his house within an hour. He'd be Linda. Linda, <laughs> we gotta talk. He does an impression of of Jim Cornette. Yeah, do it for Linda. You fucking kid. Ha ha. He knows who you are. <laughs> and he farts into the microphone and smells it. It's brilliant. Why I? I'm stealing it, Linda. <sighs> Get Michael Cole on the Michael. You have to shit and then eat it on Raw tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> shit and some buns and eat. It's called a shit dog. <laughs> That's your character. See, how we get around the FCC is you don't actually shit, but it is your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing is, if the if our podcast was listened to by anyone in the WWE but Vince McMahon, we wouldn't get hired. If Vince McMahon heard it, it would be me going, ah, they don't like Marty either. Good. Get them over here, and then I can show them the room that I keep his family. Marty's on pills because I like to laugh. Go ahead, Dylan. Go ahead. <laughs> this is this is almost as this is so good. Do you know why? So they were gonna have Sensational Sherry manage Ron Simmons. Oh yes, I do know exactly. Why didn't they? Because the O.J. Simpson trial was happening, and they felt that it would be insensitive to have him have her uh, be managing a big black man as a woman. I hate wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So instead, they put her with Harlem Heat. 
Yeah, two black guys. So two black men. <laughs> so yeah, but also neither of those neither of those black men played football at a competitive level. Because here's who I bet you. Th- oh, that's what they were I worried about. I, be- I bet you it was Jim Ross. They thought about because Jim Ross is too into football not to have that consideration. Oh no, Jim Ross was in the WWF at that time. I don't know who would have thought of this. Probably. Probably Klondike Bill was just like, hey, she's a woman and I want to kill her. That's what OJ did. <laughs> so they put her with uh, Harlem Heat, which is a great pairing and honestly works a lot in the same way that uh, she did with Shawn Michaels, where oh, it's absolutely- the whole character is these two guys bang this lady, they take turns, and she's having a great time until she's, of course, wooed. In the greatest angle in her professional wrestling Colonel history Robert by Parker. Colonel Robert Parker. The, mo- the longest making out I have seen in quite some time is uh, that fucking when they just make out at Fall Brawl in the other ring for the entire match. Oh, it's the best stuff. It is great stuff. It's so funny. I really like it. I, re- <laughs> I really like how Colonel Robert Parker is all his promo was like, I'll tell you what, you make me stiff, woman. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And then after that, it was like, you know what I mean? They would just have a kids match, basically. They would have a match aimed just at kids, but then once in a while, a guy who was basically playing Foghorn Leghorn but on TV would be like, Ooh, your makeup makes me want a nut. Oh, you're tied in a way that's weird. Ooh, yeah. Do show me your dumper. Um, yeah, it was a bizarre time. Bizarre time for all involved. Now, uh, Dylan, going... Uh, forward. What happens to Sensational Sherry after she leaves Harlem Heat? Well, why she leaves Harlem Heat is because Ahmed Johnson joins up. I actually can't remember. I read this, but my mind's going blank because I'm just. She goes on a Janetti jaunt again. Oh, that's right. Time, time. There's no real. That's the thing about Sensational Sherry. She's an undercover Marty Janetti. She's just like, oh, everything's going good. Better ruin that because I'm addicted to pills viciously. Ba da da da. Fired on her birthday, which I mean, I think that's inconsequential because it's like, obviously, if you got problems, you got problems. This is, of course, before, unfortunately, they're paying for people's rehab wrestling companies are. So she makes her return to WCW pretty much in the year 2000 towards the end of WCW. She did... Um, come back to the WWE very briefly as a special part of an angle in 2005 where Kurt Angle is wrestling Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania and Kurt Angle put her in an ankle lock where she sold the fucking shit out of it and it was great and of course unfortunately June 15th 2007 uh, she passed away while living in her mom's house in Alabama uh, it's the sad end sad 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 what a sad end to a sad lady who was really good at wrestling i it it's really fucking brutal she's a sad lady who just was basically murdered by partying yeah pretty much just like stopped wrestling but could never kick the pills and that's something that wrestling that's something that wrestling does like we've talked about enough of these wrestlers where essentially it's like yeah the career ended but you still have that fucking weird doctor's number and you got nothing to do so you just watch the bank account fucking dwindle while you make yourself numb. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. It's just sad. Whereas now, if Sensational Sherry was born, was she born in 58? If she was born 20 years later, she would just have a fitness DVD now, you realize. Like, that's how the divas from the mid-2000s work. Is they're just like, 
Yeah, and then uh, I was out of wrestling by the time I was 30. I got a lot of followers on Instagram, and my husband is in extreme sports. Yeah, it's basically... Whereas then it was like... Pre-Trish Stratus and Sable, it was like, the only way you retire is in a body bag, and now it's like, time to do yoga and get rid of these breast implants. Yes, the... That's the thing that I don't think, it sounds weird, but I think the Trish Stratus might be the best, how would you put it, like the best influential women's wrestler of all time, where it was like, A, changed how, in the heat of, it's just the divas, in the in the heat of the divas search era, she was like, no, I'm going to wear pants and wrestle, and B, also, I feel like, once they started drawing from the model pool, it's kind of weird, because like, if you got into wrestling as a woman in the 80s, you really, really wanted to be a wrestler. Versus a man getting into a wrestler in the 80s was pretty much, you're just like a football player who then, oh shit, I hurt my knee. And now that's completely switched where it's, if you're a man, you really want to be a wrestler. And if you're a woman, you're just like, I mean, that's changing now completely. I shouldn't say that. But like at that time in the mid 2000s, it was like, oh, I'm a model. And then John Laurinaitis... <laughs> <laughs> someone caught him watching a TV show. His wife caught him watching a TV show and he got defensive. He's like, oh, I'm hiring her. <laughs> I just had to hire her. I don't think Sensational Sherry would have been a fitness model. I think Sensational Sherry, if it had been, she'd been a wrestler now, she probably wouldn't have gone on so many Jeanette Johns and she would have ended up as like a producer or something like that. Like it would have been a lot more positive. Yeah. That's the only difference. Although you never know. She might have still just been like, Fentanyl, more like fentanyl. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I you always wonder what what we're gonna learn about what was happening behind the scenes now in 10, 20 years because obviously it doesn't make sense that it's like everyone's tr everyone with trying the... not to get fucked by Brock Lesnar. Like you know that that guy is just like me too. <laughs> he thinks the Me Too movement is about him, and that's a list of ladies that are gonna get it. Like that's you know that he. <laughs> he does not only does he not believe in consent, he doesn't use any words that start with C. That's how big of a piece of shit that guy is. <laughs> I think that I'm just saying like it's weird to watch them do all these bumps and be like, "Oh yeah, in the 80s they had problems with painkillers." It's like, "Well, you guys are doing suicide planches three times a match, four times a week." Like, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going to happen. Maybe every wrestler will just be in a wheelchair when they're 40 and will be like, oh, I that gets so. it. They were like, never did pain kills. So. You hope that. Okay, cool. All right, cool. John Hastings hopes that wrestling as we know it dies. John, what's your favorite thing about Sensational Mayor Sherry? Pain turns me on. Uh, my favorite thing about Sensational Sherry, I'm going to have to say, is her promos. Probably the most terrifying promos I've ever seen in my goddamn fucking life. Yeah, I mean, she she can certainly conveyed a level of danger that not a lot of managers could. Like, no managers were scary. They were just that guy who I hope gets beat up. She was scary. Yeah, you didn't see her walking to the ring and think, oh, no, I hope that guy gets her. You're like, she's probably going to bite the wrestler. She's going to bite him. Yeah, I think not, not before her and certainly... The only one who would compete with her might have been China as far as, like, uh, outside the ring heavy that was like, oh, this guy's a match changer. Like, and you kind of like, like, China would fucking ruin people and so would Sherry. Those were the female managers that could really convey that, like, at danger. And uh, my favorite thing about Sensational Sherry was those bumps, baby. She could take some goddamn bumps. Good Lord. She fucking killed herself. She could hop around. Yeah, she fucking, she just fucking, and even 
like you said, during the WCW, that cage match, even then she's saying her body's fucked and the only reason she can get through the fucking curtain is painkillers and she's still being like, oh, how do you bump? Like like Kurt Angle, where it's like, oh man, my neck is fucking Swiss cheese. Anyway, I'm going to do a moonsault I missed from the top of the yeah. cage. Like it's, that, it's the same attitude of just you have to be the standout on the my show. Neck, my neck to hell is held together by faith. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm just going to go straight up headbutt a wall because Taz just called me a girl. <laughs> I think Sensational Sherry, the worst thing about her for me was probably the timing, though. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Like, she was a great manager, but I think had she been around now, she's one of those people where truly was ahead of her time. Like, um, she was ahead of her time in the way that we talk about when we talked about that Bunkhouse book episode, how old Bunkhouse was way before his, <laughs> was way before his time. Like, would have slotted in very well now and been, like, top of the card wrestler. Jimmy Golden. What a hell of a, hell of a guy. Uh, worst thing about Sensational Sherry Dillon for me, I'm going to say it, um, uh, drug addict. Just a shame that she couldn't control her demons and she died. Sad. That's how we end these episodes, guys. With sad things. Are you gonna Are you gonna add one? No, I said it. I said it was that she was before oh, yeah, her time. Um, and wrong. Double said. Sometimes the worst thing about them is like we can't even think of one. There's been a couple's, but this one two very defined and obvious ones. Yeah, it's real. Br- she suffered for her art, and then her art killed her. Sensational Sherry. Nice, nice, nice. Her name is Sherry, and <laughs> she's dead. Um, now, uh, you. Uh, a silver lining might be is that she passed away a week before the Benoit Nancy thing, so she didn't have to walk through that. Yeah, that that's probably good because you know that she was pro- if she was about to die, loose lipped from alcohol and pills, and probably would have said something really bad like, "Nancy was a whore. You don't cheat on your husband. Bye bye." <laughs> that's how we got to end the episode, baby, with something super insensitive. Thanks super, very much for I'm listening, not being guys. Super that's what Sherry would have said because she was on drugs. As usual, my art is misinterpreted. Ladies and gentlemen, for mega cuck Dylan Gott, I'm cool guy, acceptable human John Hastings. We'll see you next week when we review whatever wrestler we talked about reviewing off mic that I don't remember. Booyah! Thanks very much for listening, guys. Please donate to us on Patreon if you want extra content. Oh, baby, content! We have uh, our Enzo Mori episodes up there. We had a three-part on uh, Chris Benoit. And if you don't want to do that, you don't have any scratch to shove your cool boys away, then just subscribe to us on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. Please leave a review because it boosts up the stupid algorithms. And we're also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook uh, fan page. That's at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. Our Facebook fan page is the Wrestler Review Podcast. And that basically where we post up-to-date news about what's going on with the show, such as, oh no, more audio issues. The show's going to be late or whatever also, bullshit. guys, go buy my album, Come Baby, which comes out this week. I thought it came out in two weeks, so I'm a bit delayed in terms of promotion. Ooh. So we'll be retweeting the fuck out of that on the Twitter and posting that on the Instagram. And this week is this week I'm in Ridgeway, Ontario, doing a big old fucking show in Ridgeway, Ontario, at the Sanctuary Arts Center. If you live in Canada, and then I'm at the Milton Theater, March first and March second. I'm in Brockville at the greatest sports bar of all time, Buds on the Bay. I don't know if it's a sports bar, but it probably fucking is because it's called Buds on the Goddamn Bay, baby. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Fuck suck, you. Suck, suck my ass. Um, uh, thank you, everybody. Let's blow each other.